Hi, good morning everybody. Good morning. We're going to move on over a little closer here, see if we can get this coordinated. Yes. Come on. I appreciate y'all's patience, and I appreciate uh, how much uh, Tosin here helps me out. Yeah. Come on, I get discombobulated up here getting set up, and uh, he helps me out. Yes, sir. But, you know, I guess the first thing we need to ask is... Did y'all watch the game last yes. night? Yes. Now, let me be specific, because see, you're going to think I'm saying something else that I'm not. I'm saying the Ohio State University played Notre Dame. Anybody watch that game last night? Okay, we didn't have enough hands raised, so that means that that is required viewing to understand the sermon today. So, I have it recorded. Anybody that wants to come over and view this game with me, you can come and do it. You will. You'll miss out on some of the jewels that will come today without seeing that. All right? So, you know, just remember that. Remember that I said that. Did I break something? Okay. All right. Well, we're going to get that going in a second. If you could get over to James chapter 1, we're going to go ahead and pray, and then we will get going into the lesson. Father in heaven, thank you so much uh, for this time together. Yes. Uh, thank you so much that we have the opportunity to talk about your word. Yes, Father. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is always leading us, encouraging us, prompting us, comforting us, spurring us on to yes. love and good deeds. Yes. Father, thank you that you are so patient with us mm -hmm. as we persevere to have faith in life through all these different trials. And Father, I just pray that you have mercy on us, that you let the Holy Spirit speak, that you move me out the way. Right. Uh, Father, that you clear up our minds and hearts, that the things that are troubling us, that they're not troubling us for a moment here. That's right. Father, that we can hear your voice clearly, that we can still our hearts and our minds, that we can see how your word applies to our life. Right. And Father, that we may praise you for how great you are yes. and for the sacrifice that your son made. Father, we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 So what we'll do is, uh, you know, if it helps you, Tosin, I don't need this monitor here. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, you got it? All right, hey, we're going. So we're rolling right along. So let's recap a little bit because it's been an extra week since I've been here, right? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate Brian and the lesson that he did last week. Let's give him yeah. some encouragement for the lesson. All right, so uh, we're doing a series on James, and uh, he did a great job preaching last week where the lesson was able to come in, and we kind of did a second time at that verse in James where we're doing consider pure joy when you face trials of many yes. kinds. Yes. And so because I preached about that two weeks ago, God's like, I need you to learn more about this lesson. There you go. Right? So then a couple days after I preached the message, I called Brian and I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to preach this Sunday. I feel sickness ascending upon me. Right. You guys know what I'm talking about? When you feel it coming yeah. on, you feel the drainage. I didn't know what a sinus problem was until I moved to Alabama. Ooh. We didn't have sinus problems in Las Vegas. It's too dry. Yes. All right? So we didn't have those. So I'm feeling the drainage coming on. I'm feeling the problems coming on. I'm like, this is bad. Right? right? It's coming on. But then I'm like, okay, I'm going to make it through a couple days of work. Right. I'm going to make it through a couple days of this. And then I tap out and I take out Friday. I'm out. It gets worse. I'm flatlining on Saturday and Sunday. Can't do anything. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of injuries in my life. I've, I've had a lot of pain. 
but do not give me a head cold. I am the biggest wimp when it comes to having a head cold. I just can't stand it. I, I've had concussions, broken bones. Wow. Like I play games in these situations. But give me a head cold and I am a wimp. I'm a wimp. And India did a great job just trying to bear with all my wimpiness and help me out, right? So I not only had to take off Friday, thank you, Tosa. Give Tosa a round of applause. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. So, you know, all that being said, so I, uh, I, I had to take off Monday, too. Wow. And, you know, all that comes with being sick, maybe you're not like me, you don't think like this, but I, I get so frustrated when I get sick because I start thinking about, okay, I'm going to miss work, I'm going to get behind on work, then I got more work to do, and then that's on top of my back problems, that's on top of family responsibilities, that my life is not going to stop, and then I just start getting more and more frustrated, right? So then on Monday, after a nice peaceful day of resting where I start feeling like, I'm better. Rest works. Rest works. Sometimes. Sometimes. Right? So I'm better and I'm going to go back to work on Tuesday. And then India's like, so all of our data has been stolen from our mortgage bank. Oh. And I'm like, what? Okay. We got to enroll in uh, protection fraud. You know, she's banking mine. She's like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. This is what we got to do. I'm like, okay, we got to trust the Lord. Lord's going to protect me. Be all right. Right? Then I start getting back to work, and we're building towards Friday. This is spirit week. This is not any other week. This is spirit week. This is the week where you got to dress up every day. And that's great for kids. And for adults, you're like, oh. It's okay. Right. Yeah. It's okay. So each day I got to dress up with any different theme that we have. And we have what is called swag swap. Oh, and I don't have swag. So I don't know who to swap that with. I don't even know what the word means. Right? I just don't have these things. So I got to get everything ran through my daughter and my wife. I'm like, can I wear this? Can I wear that? Is this okay? Do I pass go on this spirit day? So I make it through the week, and we're building towards a Friday that is just total organized chaos. I mean, think of 1,200 middle schoolers with no class all day long. In your school building, only doing fun activities, which is great for them and just absolutely exhausting for all the adults in the building. <laughs> if you want a first-hand narrative from it, just ask Toya right afterwards. She'll be able to give you a detailed account and how she survived, right? So I told you that rest works sometimes, right? So I felt better on Monday. I get to work on Tuesday. By Wednesday, do you think I felt good still? I started feeling sick again. But I can't take off any more time. I'm already behind on my work, so i got to figure this out. Right. Lord help me. Yeah. Consider it pure. <laughs> and when I got sick again, I stopped sleeping at night. Ugh. No, so I was, I was fine all day long, and then I go to sleep, and I start coughing all night. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't figure this out. Can I sleep while I'm standing? Like, what is going on here? Right? So I'm taking the night quill. I'm trying to knock myself out. It's still not working. I'm getting, you know, two and three hours of sleep, and we got color fun, color run all day long. I'm clocking at least four miles that day, and I'm like, God. Oh, this is kind of funny if you think about it. No, but it's not. But it's not. Yeah, but it's not. Right? So 
Make it through by the grace of God. Survive the day. Make it through the day. I'm at work. There's a late bus because there's always a late bus on Friday when you're sick, right? I'm not that just talking 10 minutes late. I'm talking about 30 minutes late when running here. And I'm standing here with all the kids who are just exhausted from the color run day and the couple that have a little bit of energy trailing off playing catch to the side. And then I get the call from my wife that my daughter was in a car accident. And you know, the first question is always the most important question. Is she okay? And thank you, God. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? Car's not okay. Right. But we, we can fix that. That's right. That's what we got insurance for, right? right? But it just keeps on rolling, doesn't it? Right. And I know your life has been the same way. Yeah. Yes. Because God loves you so much, too, that yes. he's trying to bring you to completion. Right. I am not alone. We're all getting completed in here. And if that didn't happen this week, it's happening next week, right? It's right around the corner. So amen to that, right? So we're going to work together here and help persevere at considering it pure joy. And that's the big thing I want to get across today is I want you to know that when we talk about all the different aspects of James, when I first shared about this and all my health challenges, and I shared about the challenges that Coral has gone through with her health, and we shared about challenges our church has been through. And then we go to this weekend, we got our new challenges. And you have all your challenges that right. we could be talking about, right? So I also shared in the first time I said, this is probably one of my greatest failures in my Christian walk. And I'm going on 23 years. 23 years, God has been trying to give me the grace to grow. Right. And considering it pure joy. So this is going to be messy. Okay. My life is messy and so is yours. Yeah. It's not clean, neat, and organized. And guess what? That's okay. Because when we look at this verse right here, in Titus 2, 11 and 12 says, But the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. I want you to think about how God's grace is more powerful than your failure. Yeah. Wow. It is more powerful than your self-will. It is more powerful than any sin drive that you have. God's grace is more powerful than that. That's how we can persevere at getting to the point that we consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds. Amen. Amen to that? Amen. All right. Now we're going to move up a little bit. And I want to, there's, there's two miracles I have to share with you. You can't let me leave the stage without sharing these two miracles. Come on. Okay. I had two miracles that happened yesterday and I'm going to try to get to them in just a second. So if I forget, you got to say, remember the miracles. All right. We got two miracles. All right. So as we go, <coughs> we're going to read this verse here. James chapter one. We're going to start in verse 13. So we're going to move to the next section here. Interesting that right after in verse 12, when it talks about persevering, that we got another change. So we're going to read verse 13 here. And it says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. <clears throat> but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Wow. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to death and sin. And when it is full, uh, full grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, 
who does not change like a shifting shadow. He, choose, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Amen. So one of the targets I talked about with y'all is that I talked about a target for our learning is that real faith produces genuine stability. Not our circumstances. Right. Not our relationships. And not our own sin or righteousness. Wow. Right? So think about this. First stage, he's talking to the context. Like, who, who's, who's listening to this letter? We're talking about people that are the minority of minorities. They're doubly oppressed. Right. They're oppressed politically. They're oppressed culturally. They're Jewish Christians. They're dispersed. They're displaced. They're having a hard time with every facet of life. And the first thing he does is he brings them out of the focus of the world and says, we got to think about how God is developing your faith. But if you're like me, when you start going through a lot of stuff, if you're honest, you start to really wrestle with God. Yep. Yes. Right. Yep. Because at the end of the day, he's allowing or creating all these circumstances to happen. Right? And if we're honest, we can get to that place. Yep. Right. Yep. Sure. But sometimes, to protect ourselves from feeling things, we can put too much esteem into our righteous acts. Mm -hmm. Right, it's true. I'm having my quiet times. Yeah, I go on. to church every Sunday. Right. I'm sharing my faith. I serve all the time. Yeah. I've done this for X amount of years. Yeah, right. Why is this happening to right. me yes. now? Yeah. God, you have all of me and you're making it harder. Yeah. Right. Come on. Right. Come right. on. Come on, right. Yep. Yep. But this is where the great challenge comes in. Is that can we still see our own sin? Wow. Even when you're living for the Lord, can you see your own sin? And does that lead you back to grace? Yeah. Right? Because sometimes we got a lot of people in the room, right? A lot yeah. of people online listening. How we process things can be a little different in the room. Yeah. We can be very accused, very worthless. We can be very proud. We can be very insecure. There's all these different pockets that we can get into. We can get really weird about sin, even though sin is very obvious. Yes, yes. right. Wow. Which is why it's really interesting that it starts off in this verse. It says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Right. No one should say that God is tempting. Let that sink in. That's a very strong statement to kick off with. Right. You know why? Because from the beginning, what we are rooted in is the blame game. That's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Go back to Genesis. Right. Mm -hmm. It's there. Wow. Adam's like, that woman you put here. Yeah. Talking to God. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Oh, well. God knew it wasn't good for man to be alone, took a rib out of him, made a woman for him. Right? right? And then the first time trouble hits, the man is like, that woman you put here. But Eve didn't do much better. She blamed the serpent who God created. It doesn't take long to get saturated into the blame game. What's happening at work right now? Co-workers blaming other people. Look at the, the political world. What's happening? Everybody blaming everybody. Right? Everybody blaming somebody else. Right? 
Let's make it a little more personal. <coughs> What's happening in your family? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Told on himself, right? No, but see, see, this is this is how it goes as you progress. Is it's got to be the kids' fault? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Because they have less defense of themselves, right? So everything is Coral's fault in my house when it comes from me. Yeah. Everything is my fault when it comes from India. Yeah. So we just have this blame game that hits, and then and you know it just kind of keeps avalanching on, right? We keep the avalanche going, right? The blame game. But the good news about this is despite how much we blame others and we blame God for our sin, because you do it right now. Right? It's not just happening to you. You do it. I do it. Like I am a like the only innocent victim we have of all time is Jesus. Right. Exactly right. The rest of us are participants, right. offenders, and victims all at the same time. Exactly. And it's so easy when you're going through hard times yeah. to start with the blame game. That's right. Yes. It is. Amen. Yep. So there's a proverb that I want to read to you, Proverbs 19.3. Please write it down, 19.3. It said, a person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. What we would say in America 2023, you know, we're too polite to say that we're raging against God. We just hate everybody else. We hate all the people we're around. Yes. Blame all the people around us, right? But God teaches us that our battles are not against flesh and blood, right? So there's a deeper problem that's there, right? The deeper problem, and so the whole thing with this sin is it separates us from God, right? That's what the illustration shows right here. The whole point is that sin separates us from God, but that's where Jesus comes in. Right? Jesus is the only bridge to God. That we can have in our lives. Right. So let's think about this in a sense of what is a healthy view we can have of our sin. Mm -hmm. Right? We know sin is wrong. Mm -hmm. And to a degree, we're all ashamed of our sin. Yeah, absolutely. And we're ashamed to talk about the things we think about. Yeah. Right. We're ashamed to talk about the things we've done. Right. right. But God wants us to bring those things into the light right. so that we can be healed. Right. Right. So it goes back to Adam and Eve all over again. What did the people do when they were called? They ran in here. Yep. Right. 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 So there's consistency to that with us and how we're wired, yep. that we are ashamed. Mm -hmm. Right. But what Paul was able to do was Paul, this when it's 54 AD right here in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, and he said, for I'm the least of all the apostles. This is about 20 years after he'd been converted. Right. It's about 20 years of serving the Lord and doing the ministry and doing all those things. And he said, I'm the least of all the apostles, a man who was helping murder Christians and arrest Christians and do all that. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm the least of all the apostles. You go another eight years, he said, I'm the least of all the Lord's people. You go another year and he's saying, I'm the chief of sinners in some translations, or the worst of sinners. Wow. So the longer he was in his ministry, the more he was in touch with his own sins. That's right. That's right. Wow. That's right. And that's a good thing. It is. Right. 
Because when you're in touch with your own sin, you realize how poor in spirit you are and how much you need, yeah, that's right. desperately need, Jesus. So this whole lifestyle we're trying to live under the reign and rule of God. Yeah. Right. right? God directing us. God being inside us. There's a whole sermon on the Mount about it. The Beatitudes, right? Starts off being poor in spirit. Right. That you need God. You think about it. Those of you that are following Jesus right now, you know when you were studying the Bible, it was crystal clear to you that you needed God. You didn't want God. You needed God. You desperately needed him in every facet of your life. But along the way, we get a little deceived. And it's not about needing God anymore. It's kind of like he's in my top five. He's here for the big stuff. But I'll handle my career plans. I'll handle my family plans. I'll handle my kids' plans. You just be there for me when it all falls apart. I'll keep it together. Other than it's kind of like the American Christianity, right? The pursuit of happiness. But a healthy view of our sin yeah. is seeing more and more of how much we need yeah. God. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It's good. But on the other end of the spectrum, some of you are like me and you really struggle with pride. Come on, John. Come on. Right? You really struggle with pride. Yeah. And always feel like you got the best idea in the room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Come on. I always feel like, you know, if people did things my way, it would just work out better. If people would just listen to how I'm trying to organize things, we wouldn't have so many problems. And that goes for my family, that goes for work, and that goes for church, and that goes for everything. I'm not alone by how much laughter I'm getting. Now, I'm, I'm not alone, but this is where in Romans 12, 3, it says, do not think of yourself more highly yes. than you ought, yes. but rather think of yourself with sober judgment yes. in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, each member belongs to all the others. Yeah. So if you're like me and you struggle with always thinking you have the right idea and the right plan and the better way to do things, right. you really have to watch out for thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. Right. Sober judgment, the word in that in Greek breaks down for balance. Right. Balance. Right. As balance. So you can see not only how your faith is going to be applied to the situation, but also your sin could be impacted in the situation. You can see how you are a helper in a situation, a participant, a victim, and an offender. You have balance to your perspective. You're not walking away from a situation saying, man, if they would just get it together. That's not much balance. Right? But then it goes on, and when it's trying to teach us about this sin, man, I tell you, this is how I feel. You know, 
This is how I feel. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desires. Anybody else feel like this? So there's a good little piece. Charles Swindle had a whole book on James and First and Second Peter. I've had it for years, been reading it over and over again. But I want to read this to you. He gets a quote from a guy named Diedrich Bonhoeffer, who's a German theologian who was put to death uh, by the Nazis for taking a stand against Hitler's regime. And he's talking about sin. And he says, in our members, there is a slumbering inclination towards desire, which is both sudden and fierce. Wow. With irresistible power, desire seizes mastery over the flesh. All at once, a secret smoldering fire is kindled. The flesh burns and is in flames. It makes no difference whether it is sexual desire, wow. ambition or vanity, or desire for revenge, or love of fame and power, or greed for money, or finally, that strange desire for the beauty of the world, of nature. Wow. Mm. Joy in God is in course of being extinguished in us, and we seek all our joy in the creature. Wow. wow. At this moment, God is quite unreal to us. He loses all reality. Mm. And only a desire for the creature is real. The only reality is the devil. Wow. Satan does not fill us with hatred of God, but with forgetfulness wow. of God. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. When you think about that quote, it makes a lot of sense. It does. Because I'm not thinking about God yeah. when lust and pride yeah. on, and selfishness are taking over in my heart. Right. I'm thinking about pleasing the feeling yeah, yeah. that I have in my flesh. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about Jesus, you know, this is where we get real prideful at. Yeah. Or maybe I'll just speak for myself. I get prideful at. Come on. Because yeah. you can start to equate it to, well, I didn't do yeah. anything. Uh -huh. You know, I was thinking these things to say, but I didn't say them, right? Yeah. right? I was thinking these things to do, but I didn't do them. But if you read the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus takes that whole paradigm away because that's what the Pharisees were real good at. They would create rules to keep themselves away from the actions. But he told them, you've already committed adultery when you've lusted in your heart. Exactly right. Right? Yeah. He's all you've already done when you're angry in your heart with your brother. Wow. I don't know wow. how open are we being about the motives of our hearts. Right. Right. How open are we being about the sin that's raging around yeah. right in here? I know you had a great week, went yeah. to work, had your quiet time. That's right. Come on. I know you did all that. What's in your heart? Where you at in your heart? That's right. Yes. Which is beyond cure. Yeah, Who can understand it is what exactly. Jeremiah said the prophet. You don't have to understand your heart. Yeah. You just have to be real about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to be real that God is not tempting me right now. Right. My sin right. is tempting me. My sin is tempting me. That's right. It's not my dog. It's not my wife. It's not my job. It's not you. Right. It's my sin. Yeah. That sudden and fierce sin in me that I have to choose whether I'm going to desperately need God. Because look, when we're getting dragged like this, right. is this person picky about help? No. 
This person knows they need help and they are going to want help. Yeah. Right? Well, there is help. God is faithful. Come on. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Now, for many years when I read this scripture, I was always like, where's my way out? Where's my way out? I need my way out. Right? I want to feel better. I want to feel better. Where's my way out? But that's not what it says. It says that he'll give me a way out so that I can stand up under it or bear with it. I still have to choose to resist by the grace of God. As God uses his grace to teach me, and it's not going to be pretty. I'm going to tell you something that wasn't pretty last night. I love my team. I'm yeah. proud of my team. But it was a messy win. Yes. That's why I said it was required viewing for the sermon. So you're gonna have to, I'm going to give you the cliff notes of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. give you the cliff notes. Ohio State had like a fourth and short like four times in the game. Three or four times in the game. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. All five-star recruits, all these great NFL athletes that to be, Lord willing. And we couldn't get one yard. Last play of the game. We got one yard, yeah. and we won the game. Yeah. But it was all this trial and error, yeah. trial and error, and that's what we have to expect with ourselves. Yeah. Because there's going to be times that you're looking for that way out and you don't endure so well. There's going to be times when you're not doing A, B, and C. There's going to be a time that you don't understand that this is a process with sin. Right? So I deal with all these situations as an administrator. So kids get in fights, kids get in arguments, they talk about one another, they post things online, all this stuff. And every kid is mostly, most 90% of my conversations, kids are always focused on what somebody else did to them. Yes, sir. Every once in a while, a kid will be like, I just messed up. And I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Right? But in other situations, you got to get statements. You always have to have video camera proof, right? No. Because sometimes all the people just be arguing against you the whole time about what happened, right? Nobody wants to take responsibility for their part. Yeah, come on. And I tell them, look, you don't have to own the whole thing. Just own what you did, right? Own what you did. Right, but you go through this process, and I start telling you know, and kids will ask me, well, what was I supposed to do? Because he pushed me. He pushed me. Or he hit me in front of everybody. What would you do? I'd probably be in trouble, too. Hey, parents would be like, what would you tell your kid to do? Well, you know, I mean... You know, there's the parent of Sean Colosimo, yes. and then there's the administrator of Mr. Colosimo. Yeah. And the Mr. Colosimo be like, oh, you're going to get whatever consequence you're going to get. Mm -hmm. The dad might have been like, hey, good job. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's how I taught you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Come on, my sinful honesty, right? <laughs> I'm telling on myself. Right? Tell the truth. Right? Tell the truth. But when I go to the kid, I'm like, look, if you wait until you're right in the moment, yeah. you've already lost. Yeah. you got to see these situations sooner. Yeah. we got to grow in our anticipation. Yeah. When you're a football player, you have to anticipate yeah. things. When you're a basketball player, you have to anticipate.
anticipate any type of athlete, anticipation is a problem. That's right. Come on. But very rarely are we anticipating yes. our oh, own God. sinful nature. Wow. We might be anticipating somebody else's sinful nature. I gotta watch that Brian. I know what he's like. I better watch my daughter. I know her sin. Definitely no Indians. But we spend all this time anticipating on somebody else without praying for God to desperately, God, I desperately need you to help me find my way out so that I don't get caught in these situations where I feel like I have no choice. Got to take it a step sooner. So one thing to keep in mind as you're going along and you're thinking about this is that there's so much grace in letting people know where you're really at. Yeah. Because, you know, it's really hard to be self-aware. It's really hard to know. I'm going the wrong way. I'm tricking everybody. Here we go. Oh. It's really hard to know. And, you know, when I first read this verse, it kind of is disjointed to me. Like, I, don't, I didn't understand how it fit with before and after. And then it clicked for me. Yeah. Right? What are we not supposed to be deceived about? Well, we're not supposed to be deceived that God is the one tempting in us. Yeah. Right. We're, not, we're, we're supposed to be under the realization that our sin is tempting us. Right. Right? But, you know, I am not good. I'll be 45 on Tuesday. Come on, wow. 45. Thank you, Jesus. 45 on Tuesday. Right? But what I've realized in 45 years is that other people can see my blind spots a lot quicker than I can. No question. Yeah. And that I need other people in my life, yeah. not only knowing my sin, mm -hmm. but knowing the sin that the sin that I commit physically, right. mm -hmm. but the sin that is raging around in my heart. Right. 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 Come on. Amen. So that I may confess Amen. and be healed and we can pray. Yeah. Right. Amen. Right. Right? Yeah. And so I need relationships in my life yeah. to help with that and help those blind spots that I have. Right. Yeah. And there's a proverb, another proverb I want you to write down, Proverbs 28, 13. It says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. Mm. Right. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. That's right. You know, the one thing we're all, I, well, I won't speak for you. I got a bad habit of that. Always catch me when I do. One thing that can really prevent me from being honest about my sin is I don't feel like I'm going to receive mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I got to share this failure again. Yeah. Right. I got to say I'm sorry again right. in this way. Right. And I'm sure we've all had experiences where we've opened up to somebody and it didn't go so well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But the, the faith to continue to be open yes. is not dependent on people's responses. Wow. Right. Because our stability in life doesn't come from people's responses. No. Right. It comes from obeying the word of God. Right. Yeah. So we need to keep persevering yeah. and letting God's grace keep teaching us Amen. to be more open than what we've been. Right. Right. Amen. Amen to that? Amen. 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 So one thing I'm going to have you write down to, to read over, you know, uh, 
on your own is James chapter 4. I've already given you two Proverbs, but I want you to read James chapter 4. James chapter 4 uh, was very enlightening to me in a lot of different ways, especially verses 13 through 17. All right, And the reason why James chapter 4 was so enlightening for me is because it really highlights that whole independence of, I'm going to go make money here. I'm going to go make money there. I'm going to control my schedule. I'm going to control my time. I'm going to control my money. Right. The American dream, right? Right. And it gets into the last verse of, and, you know, if anyone does not do the good, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do, and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Yeah. Right? And so it's kind of like James 4 really hit me because it's not just about me dodging sin. Yeah. Right? Which is what we can make it about, right? Yeah. All these bad things I can't do. Right? right? But it's a dual purpose of living out what God has asked us to do. Yes. That's true. God puts that person on your heart to call. Did you call them? Yeah. yeah. God puts it on your heart to serve in a way in the congregation. Are you serving? Come on. God puts it on your heart to give somebody a word somewhere. Yeah, wow. Word of truth. Yeah. Have you done it? Yeah. God wants you to invite somebody over and be hospitable. Are you bringing them in? Yeah. Right? God wants you to just love somebody. Yeah. Love an enemy. Yeah. Love a stranger. Mm -hmm. Just love somebody. Yeah. Love a brother or sister. Are you doing it? Yeah. And so part of my paradigm shift is not just about, hey, let me not do something bad. Let me confess my woe is me. Yeah. Right? I need God to do the good things. Yes. Yes. Like, it's not just that I need God to avoid sin. I need God to do good. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. God knows that. And that is okay. Yes. It is okay to need him to do what is right. right? That's what helps keep us more dependent on him. Yeah. And this is where the grace sustains us. I told you I had two miracles. You guys ready for my yeah, miracles? Yes. Yes. Okay, these are miracles for me. You may look side eyed at it, but they're miracles for me. Okay? So here it is. I'm watching the game last night, and I see two miracles. I have Frank and my wife both sitting in front of me. I have the Big Ten crew here, right? But Frank is a witness as a Maryland fan slash Florida State fan. He is a witness to me of my wife, who is a Michigan fan, cheering for Ohio State last night. Hard. 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 Cheering hard. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Hey, she can make she can make it pretty all she wants. It's not just my witness anymore, Frank Song. She was cheering passionately for Ohio State. And I'm like, that's Jesus. That is Jesus. And then my daughter calls me, you know, it's getting towards the end of the game. There are about three or four times at the end of the game where I'm preparing myself for the loss. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And maybe you don't care about football, so it's not a big deal yeah. to you. So just equate it to something that you care about, right? I'm preparing myself for the disappointment of the loss. Yes. And Carl's like, we got to pray. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey, through the mouths of babes, right? So we prayed. Excuse me. We prayed and we won. Thank you, Jesus. It was a miracle, right? It was. It was. Yeah. 
I told Nate, see, the last time my team was in a big game, we lost on the last play to Georgia, right? Yes, yeah. So it's a much better feeling to win on the last yes. play. You feel like you escaped the burning house or something. Yes. It's just like, wow, we did that? Really? We won? But, the, you know, I actually had three miracles. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. wow. The third one was really unexpected. Okay. Really unexpected. And it really made me feel strange. Uh -huh. It was kind of like an outer body experience. And I knew it was an, uh, like it was providential. It had to be God. Uh -huh. Because, you know, for the entire, how long have we been down here, honey? Like 19 years. I don't know. However long we've been living down here. 20 some years. 23. I don't know. Long time. <laughs> Alabama. When I, whoever plays Alabama. That's my second favorite team. I love to see them lose. Right. <laughs> I love to see Alabama lose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love to see them lose. Like, they could be playing Louisiana Monroe, and I'm yeah. like, come on! Let's go Raging Cajuns! You know, let's win the game! You know? And they're playing Mississippi yesterday, and they're down 7-3 to three or something, 7-6, to six, and all of a sudden I'm putting away groceries, and my wife goes... Jalen Miller just threw a touchdown pass, and I said, awesome. And I'm like, what? What, <laughs> what just happened to me? I was feeling bad for Alabama. I didn't know what happened. I hope it never happens again. It's too abnormal for me, right? I think Duke's been praying for me a lot. So I think Duke's been putting some kind of prayer on me. Maybe. But, but it happened, and I had to be open about that with you because that's very strange for me. I mean, well, like, what are these feelings of compassion for Alabama? I usually don't care about them. I don't know. Help me afterwards if you yeah, need to, right? I know the Auburn fans are struggling, but you know, hey, you know, we're working through it. So, hey, so verse 17 we get to here in James, and it says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, right? And I love that verse, but it still confused me because I'm like, yeah, well, okay, all right, but what does that mean? Yeah. Like, I don't understand how that applies to sin and all this stuff, like, but then I started thinking God helped me think through it a little bit more. And it's kind of like, so the person, or not the person, the, the, the Christians were struggling, like me. Uh -huh. They were struggling with God is tempting me with all these, all this hardness, all yeah. this bad stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. God is the one doing that, yeah. not my sin, yeah. right? No, 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 no. Every good thing in your life, yeah. that came from God. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many good things in your life right now yeah. can you count? Right. You know, my stuff may seem little to you, but that little stuff means a lot to me. And it's not little to me. Right? And your stuff may seem little to me, but it's important to you. Right? And that's why it encourages us in Philippians 4 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, yes, think right. about yes. such things. Yes. Come on. Yes. That's true. There is so much grace in your life right now yes, that God is giving you yes, to learn how to say no to temptation. Yes. That's right. You know, Cole was in a car accident, but she wasn't hurt. I went to the scene two, three feet more. Yeah. She's taking direct impact from the side. Yeah. 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 You know, our data may have been stolen, but we haven't gotten any reports yet. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Right? Yep. Because God's over the cyber world too. Yeah, that's right. Right? right? Come on. And I've been battling through sickness, but I'm functional enough to be able to do things that I want to do. Because there are sicker people in the world, right? That's true. There is grace sustaining us in every single facet of our lives. And we have to remember that we are chosen. That's right. So in verse 18, when it leaves off, he says, look, everything good in your life is from God. Amen. Every good thing that you can attribute is from God. But not only that, in verse 18, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Yeah. Right. Well, what is that all getting to? He chose us despite knowing how much we struggle with sin. Right. Yeah. He chose you knowing that you struggle with that sin. Yes, come on. And he is still excited about you being a first fruit. What is the first fruit? When people give offerings and they give their first fruits, that is their best. We are the best of God's creation. We are his first fruits to be offered. Despite how you feel about yourself, you are a first fruit of God. God wants that kind of relationship with you. God wants to give you that much strength, that much grace, that much perseverance. To God be the glory. Let's pray for communion. Father in heaven, thank you so much uh, just for this time together. Yes. Uh, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you. Uh, God, I pray that you have mercy on us and give us the generous wisdom we need to seek you. Yes. To apply your wisdom to all the situations of our lives. To see our sin and rejoice in your grace. Yes. Mm -hmm. To see our sin and renounce it. Yes. Father, to open our hearts and minds to you. That's right. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit leads us into deeper communion with you. Father, I pray that, uh, Father, for anybody that is considering the choice to follow Jesus, mm -hmm. that you have mercy on them and save the souls. That's right. right. Father, that you lead them to desire to seek you, to know you, to be born again into your kingdom. Yes. Right. Father, we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.